Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the States as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the Word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. Well, hey girls, we are on season four of our Waves Ministry podcast, and girls, it has already been an amazing season so far, Um, and I cannot believe it, but we uh, just wrapped up our second Waves Worship Home Tour night, and girls, it has been amazing so far. I know that God God has some things that are on his mind, and he wants to share with you girls as we engage with y'all monthly through these worship events uh, throughout the Enrolled Coast. But today, as we are talking about brave conversations in season four, um, I have my friend, one of my close buds, one of our Waves board members, Darius on. Say hey, Darius. Hello, hello. How are you doing, ladies? (laughs) So Darius McDonald is on our Waves board, and he's been a friend of Waves for a while. Um, He is a part of the Summit Church up in Edmonton, Canada. Yes. Um, He used to be here local in the Emerald Coast, but he has moved to colder weather, ladies. Um, But him and Destiny, y'all know them. Um, Destiny has helped with worship in the past, but he is um, the, one of the associate pastors at um, Summit Church up in Edmonton, and then he runs the Summit Global for students um, through all their campuses. And he writes and curriculum and leads internship programs and discipleship ministries and preaches and teaches and prophesies and prays. I'm telling you, the dude's on fire. And we're so excited to have him uh, with us today as we talk about brave conversations. So Darius, what is some things about you that maybe I did not say that you want the girls to know? <laughs> um, well, uh, I also, uh, this is cool. I don't really get to say this often, I feel like, uh, but I'm also a U.S. Army veteran. I was in uh, four years. I was a combat engineer. I uh, loved it. Um, and I grew up uh, on an Air Force base. I was born in Georgia, grew up at an Eglin Air Force Base, Herbert Field, actually, in oh. Fort Walton Beach. And uh, moved to Tallahassee, middle school, high school, college out there. Um, and I actually, it's funny, I was in college uh, as a chemical engineer major. So my time being in the military, my time being in university, uh, neither one of those technically translate into what I'm doing now. <laughs> but, uh, but it's cool because I feel like I have a really good perspective, lots of well-rounded, um, you know, ideologies as it pertains to, you know, the world and culture, even, you know, be living in a different nation now. Um, one thing that you guys probably uh, don't need to know, but I will tell you is that a couple of weeks ago, it was so cold in Canada that my car was frozen in my work parking lot for about a week. And I couldn't even find <laughs> it. And uh, so it warmed up. I was able to use it. So uh, there's a couple couple fun facts. <laughs> okay, I have to know, like, how did you get your car to warm up? Did you just have to wait? Honestly, I did have to wait. So I had to <laughs> get battery. I think I wasn't super, I, like, I paid for insurance, you know, a tow truck and things like that. But there came a point that it got so cold, as in negative 40 degrees cold, uh, oh. that they called me back and said, listen, we're getting um, phone calls every 40 seconds, and we actually have to cancel all of our calls today. And then the same thing happened the next day. And they were like, listen, it's going to be at least negative 20 in two days. So you might as well leave your car. And they were right. 
So praise God. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. And I forget that you served. I, I totally forget that you served in the military and, and everything. So thank you for your service. That's Absolutely. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So as you know, like we've been talking about conversations and I feel like whenever you're in line to get food or even like stand in line for the bathroom at a church service or whatever, everybody makes small talk. Like, and you're, you're pretty outgoing, but I just want to know, like, what is your go-to conversation starter whenever you're meeting someone new? Yeah, that's a phenomenal question because uh, some people get really nervous in those kinds of conversations, you know, or those kind of interactions with people. Honestly, my favorite thing to engage in is people's story. I love to know about people. I love to know where they come from. That's I love awesome. to know their life story, some of their perspectives of life, their journey as believers. I'm a culture guy. So I value expressions really from anywhere, even here in Canada, you know, there's such a mixture. There's, there's such a melting pot here in Edmonton where I'm at very different even than where I'm from being the deep South of Florida. And so uh, that's probably my go-to conversation of, you know, what, what do you think? How, how, how do you feel about, you know, these kinds of things? And uh, I love kind of getting to engage and, and, and carry uh, just, I, mean, I feel like just different perspective, different sight, you know, different vantage points that other people may have grown up in and have. So I love that. That's so cool. I love that. I love that question too, because you can find out so much about them just where they grew up and how they yeah. grew up for sure. Okay. So what is, I mean, really over the last year, like I feel like the world has been engaging in brave conversations in general, Um, be it um, through politics or through religion or um, sexuality or racism. Like there's been tons of huge hot topics that are like brave conversations. But for you, like what is a brave conversation that you have been having over the last year? Um, Just kind of you've seen it come up over and over again, or even you've been processing through. Sure. Uh, I highly appreciate that, Caroline, by the way. I think uh, even just acknowledging the fact that there are conversations that are being had, I think it's easy to think that the whole world is just turning inside out and upside down. Um, But whenever you recognize that it's actually putting a demand on those kinds of conversations, I love that. Uh, You know, I didn't even consider this until I saw this question whenever we were getting ready to to do this uh, podcast. But truthfully, I've had a lot of conversations recently specifically about engaging the culture and the world as people of the kingdom. There's so many different things I feel like that people uh, begin to open up or deal with or, or kind of come face to face with, whether it's in their job, in their homes, in their relationships, in their friends, watching the news, on social media, all these different outlets where you are having to come face to face with differing opinions, with different perspectives. Yeah. Um, and he, One of the things that I really feel like has become the desire of my heart is not only being able to call out the issues, not only being able to identify the problems, but beginning to engage in the conversation of how to model a solution for the world. Because I think that, uh, again, um, when it comes to us as citizens of the kingdom, I feel like it's very necessary to realize that God, you know, Jesus is the answer, period, right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him. And so I think whenever we begin to understand what we've been called to, in Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul uh, actually talks about his call to apostleship. And then he talks about all of us who are called to grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the world. And it really communicates this this real uh, job description for the sons and daughters of God to not just 
you know, talk about issues, but to be able to establish the superior culture. In, in the Bible, when it talks about apostleship, it talks about uh, this word apostolos, which right. wasn't even really a quote-unquote Christian term. It had everything to do with, you know, communities, nations, uh, cities, uh, like, like Rome, who would conquer a land, and they would send people in there who, who ate the culture, slept the culture, breathed the culture, and they would literally turn these places into what Rome would have been. And wow. I feel like for us, we have to begin to have this perspective of heaven, realize that we actually come from a superior culture uh, called the kingdom, right. and really begin to manifest that here in the earth. And, and I feel like, you know, again, for me being a black man, dealing with the issues that I've dealt with, I mean, you know, you name it, the stuff that you hear, everything probably, but being, you know, uh, well, uh, I, I'd say most, maybe not everything, I'd say most things that you kind of hear stereotypically, right? Like, I, right. I get it. I've been, I've been pulled over. I've been racially profiled. I've been, you know, I, I've been called certain names, all that kind of stuff. My wife is a white woman. We, we have an interracial marriage, things right. like that. But in every single thing, I've had to begin to see it through the eyes of being a man of the kingdom who happens to be black. And there is a, a an ability for me bring in the culture of the kingdom in that way. So that's really the conversation. We can get into other details of that though here in a minute. I, but I just love that. Um, you know, I think that's huge because I think sometimes we put aside um, our kingdom identity first and, and it's like we decide we're going to be in this political party or that political party or um, identify only by our color. And it's like, but first we're kingdom, <laughs> but first we're kingdom. And so question for you, was there like a breaking point moment um, that led you to begin having the conversation? You know, that it's like, okay, we've been, we've been tiptoeing around this, but like, we got to like engage this conversation now. What was the breaking point moment for you? Sure. Well, I would say probably exactly what you're saying, Caroline. I think whenever I began to watch these po polarizing perspectives, these polarizing, almost, almost fighting and, and, and just, I wouldn't say violence. I, well, yes, I would. I would definitely say violence. Uh, one of the issues of our day is that whenever things happen in the earth, it's like the first instinct to pick a side, to pick a party, to it's right. this versus this, it's us versus them. And I feel like we, I've almost been groomed or our generation has almost been groomed and raised up to think that way. But right. in actuality, you know, there, I, I, I always believe that there is a, an answer from heaven that's found. I wouldn't just say somewhere in the middle, but that's not found camping out on the polarizing perspective. So I think whenever I began to realize that a lot of, even the body of Christ, I know we're, we're talking to a lot of uh, Christian community here that listens, you know, I feel like even in the body of Christ, because I've watched so many people, especially young people, because I have a heart for young leaders, young adults, college students, and youth alike, um, when I began to see it trickle into that age group of I'm going to camp out over here and I'm going to camp out over here and and, and almost develop a, a fear or rejection mm. to not just engage, but engage and provide and model a, a solution. I think about, if it's okay for me to say this, I hope yeah. I don't get it. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like we begin to forfeit our call of apostleship, to forfeit our prophetic witness in the yeah. earth. Whenever we begin to sit in, in the seat of accusation, there's only one chief leader of accusers of the brethren, and I promise you his name is not Jesus. And so whenever you <laughs> right. find yourself in that space, you know, what happens is you actually begin to look at communities like, you know, people that are functioning in lifestyles that are other than kingdom. You begin to look at these right. other people and you begin to turn into an accuser. And there's no, there's no wonder why a lot of the world moves into those things because, you know, we actually are not embodying love and we're not embodying 
um, you know, reformation, right? Embodying, being moved by the spirit of compassion, providing the solutions like Jesus did. So that he's, right. he clothed himself in weakness, clothed himself in, in humility. And in Luke chapter four, uh, he opens up the scroll of Isaiah and says, the spirit of the Lord has come upon me to do yeah. what? It's the good news to who? The poor, to, right? To, to proclaim liberty Absolutely. to who? The captives, to recover sight to who? The blind, to uh, set out liberty who? Those that are oppressed. And so being able to right. get down in the place of humility, really, which is the doorway to the kingdom anyways. So right. I think that was the breaking point for me. And I had to not get mad and just, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> not ask, ask Right. <laughs> no, it's good. I, it's good. I love that. I so love that. You know, and I think that's what's, what's intriguing and what I, I, my heart's desire for this season of this podcast has been that we wouldn't just um, bicker about our side or what we think, but we would really and truly engage in a conversation. And I think about like anyone can have a, a conversation about something. Anyone right. can do that. But what makes it different whenever it's a brave conversation? Man, that's a really good question too. Um, I think, again, bravery is tapped into whenever we are actually open um, for correction in our own lives, even by the Holy Ghost. Um, you know, I think about guys like Samuel in the Bible, right, who, uh, you know, was a, was a priest. I mean, he actually uh, functioned in three different eras of the people of God, right? Judge, yeah. priest, king, all of those kinds of things. But, you know, he actually never missed a beat. There were three different <laughs> In, in the nation, uh, yet he always found himself to be present in the spirit, you know, uh, seeking God to provide answers. And I think being able to lay down, I mean, he grieved, you know, even in moments where he had to make decisions that God was saying, hey, Samuel, right. I want you to do this, the people are asking for this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that really speaks volumes for us to, like, you will never not be present to have these kinds of conversations if you are rightly aligned with the Lord in the place of, of, of devotion and humility. I feel like that always births courage. Yeah. Every single time it births courage. Devotion and humility. I'm like, I'm really writing that. Down. <laughs> <laughs> um, girls, I hope y'all are taking notes. You know, um, I love that about, about what you were talking about with Samuel. Cause it, he had a tough call like he yeah, did, he did, but, but as long as he stayed connected to God, that, that made it easier, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, I think as we've kind of talked about, like everyone wants their voice to be heard, right? Like no one wants their voice to be um, squashed. And I, I think even as our, our mission and vision of waves is to make waves for Christ in our home community and world, like it, it's, it's a vocal call. Yeah. But in the same way, I feel like I've seen so many people try to step out and make an impact, but they've gone about it the wrong way where it brought more offense, where it brought polarizing views, where it brought, brought people um, unfollowing other people, <laughs> things like that, you know, or even becoming not friends anymore. You know, where did you like, where did you start this conversation and how did you prep for it so that you didn't um, have fallout? <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, I think honor is probably the key to everything in the kingdom. Heaven functions by way of honor, um, that God's throne is surrounded by honor. And I think whenever you have a heart of honor uh, and you don't carry an addiction to your rightness, which is very important, 
Whenever you're addicted to your rightness, I'm telling you, and, and I, I, I can fall underneath that category because I actually, I love that you even prompted that, Caroline, because I did used to carry such a critical spirit in my heart because I felt like, you know, I'm a, I'm a kind of guy that I, I'm, I'm about integrity. I'm about character. Right. If you're off in any degree, like I'm probably going to reject you. And that was just kind of it. And I had a critical spirit and I really had to allow the Lord to deliver me of that. Um, and I honestly saw that mirrored, I'd say whenever COVID, I'll, I'll use that as an example, kind of popped off a little bit up here yeah. in Canada. I got here a week before they closed the borders down. And <laughs> I remember Talk I was about like, perfect timing. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> I was like, man, we're gonna, we're gonna get there. God's gonna move. You know, we're gonna get into we're going yeah. to the stations. And you know, we got here and a week later the border shut down. And so we had to close services and all this kind of stuff. And I remember being in our first staff meeting right after that. And Pastor Nikki who's a, a phenomenal woman of the Lord, uh, her and her husband, you know, lead our summit global movement. She's a spiritual mother of mine. And she sat at the table and she said, guys, listen, we are actually going to begin to seek God about a creative way to still move forward for the Lord while also honoring our government. And so we've had all these kinds of restrictions that they've asked us to do. They've had all this, you know, 15% capacity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember there was this opportunity to either cower and be like, we're afraid of everything or go on this other side of, you know, um, we're just going to do whatever we want to do because it's our Christian, you know, rights and da 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 da, -da. Right. Or we actually got to, and instead we actually came into this place of being able to even teach and engage with our government, with our community, with the people. See, I think if whenever you're afraid to touch what you're unfamiliar with, you actually miss out on opportunity. And if you're willing well, to kind of come into that space and, and go back and forth and actually maybe even learn something because you might not be right, you know, what, what's really opened up is that we have been able to, one, stay open. We've been able to have services um, while still honoring government and honestly pave a way and be forerunners for other churches in our community to still be able to meet. Right. And so I think, yeah, a lot of that has to do with being able to honor and humility for sure, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, as we talk about engaging culture with kingdom, like how have you decided to carry on that conversation, but not only the conversation, but like, how have you decided to carry that out? Like just engaging the culture with kingdom in the midst of a culture that doesn't want kingdom. Right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, one, you have to be convinced in what you say you believe in. That's huge because I think, again, the culture in the world is really after minds. It's after hearts. And I don't mean that in a weird spooky way. I mean that in the fact of people want to have influence in your life. People want to have influence in different spaces. And so um, I think one, one of the biggest portions of that is being convinced of what you say you believe in and any opportunity that you have um, not to make it about an issue, but to make it about always providing, again, the, the, the perspective of heaven. So I, I know I mentioned before, like it's, it's being in the place of devotion, but I'm telling you, you being able to know the word, right? The, right. the same word that wrapped itself in flesh and came and carried out the will of God in that same way, when those kinds of things are really in your heart, um, I think about it like this. Uh, I'm wearing my NASA shirt today. I thought about this when I was getting I saw ready. that. <laughs> um, you know, I've got a buddy of mine that actually works for NASA. And he, uh, I can't tell you exactly what he does, but he works for NASA. And uh, basically he began to communicate to me over time that, you know, there's all these problems that happen in the earth and people want, you know, um, NASA to figure, you know, things out with, you know, um, uh, like the forestry and stuff like that. And he said, but what's crazy is that NASA really doesn't even worry about that. Their job is to aim for the stars. I know not to sound cliche, but shoot for yeah. the moon. 
and be involved in space. But whenever you actually look for pictures of the earth, where do you go? You go to NASA because they have that. And he, and he begins to explain to me about how NASA actually doesn't just aim at the, at the issue at hand. It right. actually aims for the stars. It's, it has its focus up high. And mm-hmm. by way of doing that, they naturally have a perspective for answers for what's happening down here. And I feel like wow. in that same way, engaging in those kinds of conversations, engaging culture, is that people are looking for answers. People are looking for solutions. People are looking for um, you know, uh, 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 answers to the problems and ways to bring things full circle. But at the end of the day, you know, every bit of that, the kingdom is never not the answer. I mean, I could even tell you that a lot of the, 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 the solution to racial divide in the world is not only social justice movements, but it's those kinds of things, you know, led by the spirit of God. You see that in the life of Martin Luther King Jr. You watch in Genesis chapter 11, where, you know, they were building the Tower of Babel and they all got separated and had all these different right. languages. And the next time that you see all of these people come together from different nations is actually in Acts chapter two. When the upper room. Sound that came from heaven, you know, in the upper room and the nations came together and they were baptized in the spirit. And I'm telling you, I believe that the power of the spirit connection to the spirit of Jesus is always going to be the solution. And so the way that you engage in those conversations is always be filled and allow the Lord to move you, uh, you know, uh, in, in, in that direction of the people who actually need help and the people who need perspective and all of that stuff. So, yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And, and that's what, you know, a few weeks ago, I was praying about some things and the Lord just said, seek first the kingdom and all that be taken care of. And it's like, 100%. when you, you know, it's that thing of what you magnify gets bigger. And if you're magnifying God, then, then things shift into a godly perspective by nature of that. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. And you, you have to be able, again, part of the modeling that solution is being able to be aware of a reality that maybe you haven't even seen yet. Right. Paul right. said things like we hope for the glory of God to be revealed. And so I think you can actually be present in the moment and say, wow, this is actually what's taking place. But I, I know that God's will is it's always goodness. It's always faithfulness. It's always right. restoration, it's always freedom. And this is what he has intended, you know, for our people. That is so good. I love that. So through you um, being in this process of, of having these conversations about engaging culture, but also engaging kingdom and culture. Have you lost or gained any friendships or, or anything like that through the process? You know, it's funny. I definitely have. Absolutely. Um, and it's not, it's not a knock on anybody at all. I think, you know, I, I just have always been a, a huge advocate. Um, we talked about this, Caroline, I think yeah. sometime last year, whenever we were doing our, our, uh, my IG videos and, um, we were talking about discipleship. And one of the comments I made back then was, listen, I love you, but if you make me pick between you and Jesus, you'll lose. Right. And, and it's not, and I, I really, I don't want you uh, people to hear this wrong. Uh, I don't mean, you know, you just become a mean person and you, you know, because that's the thing. A lot of people, and I'll just, I'll throw this out there too. A lot of people, um, you know, think that, oh, well, I'm just gifted and I'm just called and people just get mad at me and they just kind of have to do with it. No, sometimes you actually are a jerk and you need to ask the Lord for humility in your heart and make sure that, you know, love is actually an honor is a core value of yours. Um, But as you're walking through this, there's some people who um, just are not willing to lay down things that they may have thought that they knew, you know, um, and in and allowing God to really be transformation in their heart. I'm not prideful to the point to where I feel like I know everything. Um, and, and God can, listen, God is doing a new thing. He's going to continue doing a new thing. 
there, there's, there's something about being able to remain in a fresh wine skin that you can be seasons. And so I know some people that just haven't been willing to let go of that and that's okay. I love them, you know, so. Right. Of course. Well, and that's what I think sometimes we think like whenever we have brave conversations or we decide to actually go there, like, um, one of the things that keeps people from having the brave conversations is they're afraid of losing a friendship. And it's like, but the truth is, um, whenever it comes to what you were saying about, about Jesus is it's like, at the end of the day, my first and really only main loyalty is to the kingdom and Jesus, like, you know? And so, um, you know, it's, that's, that's where we have to look at things as what our priorities are too. Um, but at the same time being, uh, able to try to bridge that gap with them if they're willing to go there, you know? Yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. And, and with that too, you know, um, the, as it pertains to like that commitment to the Lord, I think that all the way across the board, that's something that has to remain found like a foundational theological principle for us, because, you know, it, it's, it's, again, it's the culture, the nature of God. It's those things that, that, that has to be my plumb line. That has to be my standard. Even as people kind of work through, you know, I get it. Like people are going through deconstruction type stuff. People are going through, you know, what, you know, religious structures and, and entities and institutions really have done and things like that. But I'm telling you, as you work through that, Right. The word of God has to be your plumb line, period. That has to be the standard. The people that want the manifestations of things like the book of Acts and, and things like that, but they don't embrace the lifestyle and the culture and, and use that as a foundational principle. But I'm telling you that that has to be your standard, period, as you journey through right. these tough conversations. Right. No, you're right. You know, whenever um, whenever it comes to having brave conversations, like, it's easy to try to just sidestep it and say, and, and we all say like, we want to live the example of this, right? Sure. But at some point we do have to speak up about it. And so yeah. why is it so important to go on and have the brave conversation? Uh, you know, I, I honestly feel like there's, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's so many different uh, answers to that question, I feel like, but I, I will say <laughs> this. Um, one of the biggest reasons I think that it's very necessary is because the world deserves a strong body of Christ. The oh, world deserves uh, the world deserves a strong body of Christ. The world deserves a sound body of Christ. The world deserves a courageous. The Lord told Joshua in this new season, He said, "Listen, there's inheritance and there's promise for you guys that you're about to step into, but you need to understand. You need to be strong and take courage. Like there is something about." being able to embrace the spirit of courage. You talk about uh, David and Goliath whenever he is, um, you know, comes up. Goliath had been tormenting the people for all these days and killing people and slaughtering people. And David came up and of course he goes off like, you know, you uncircumcised Philistine, da, 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 right. you know, and we know how the story goes. <laughs> cuts off his head. But what's crazy is that you have all these people like David. Yeah, he was special. But in that moment, all those people actually were the same. David had a revelation of who he was and who his God was, and he had courage in his heart. Any of those people could have done the same thing over that course of those 40 days. And I think that if there can be a handful of people who are willing to say, I'm going to choose to allow the spirit of the Lord to come upon me so that I can actually begin to engage culture, begin to, you know, have, have this plumb line of righteousness while also being able to pull these other people up with me. You know, G Hebrews chapter four, it talks about Jesus wrapping himself in humility. And here's what it says. It says that he uh, um, was able by, by way of doing that was able to embrace compassion so that he could lead people that didn't know him in the way. 
you'd be surprised at how many, how much the Bible actually talks about people that don't even know God, who he's still after. I know some people yeah. like to believe that we're just the elite and that God is only concerned about us, but he actually anoints you to go after the ones that don't even know him. And I think it's very important for us to be able to model a solution. There's so many people that I know that have these lifestyles in the club and in the bars. And they're like, I have stronger friends out there than I found in the church. And that's actually an indictment against the church. You know, people yeah. go out into these other, you know, communities and other other movements and other things like that because we are not sometimes providing modeling those kinds of solutions so i think it's the world deserves that the world deserves a courageous strong sound body of christ so i love that oh my goodness i i wrote that down i was like i don't need to put that on my phone i love that (laughs) i just love it because you're so right i mean um and and that's where i think the thing with that is David knew his identity. And whenever you know your identity as a child of God, you're, you know that there's strength there. You know that it's not you fighting. It's not you speaking. It's you're coming in the name of Jesus. And so it's like, you're strong in that. And that's what you're going forward with. I love that. That's so good. Okay. So Darius, um, I've loved this conversation with you. It's been amazing. Um, but I want the girls and, and just anyone that's listening to know where can they follow you? Where can they keep up with you? I know that you do some different things here and there where you do Instagram lives and preach and stuff. Where can they follow you? Sure. Um, honestly, I'm probably most active on Instagram and Facebook. My Instagram is Darius McDonald, all one word kind of. Uh, and then my Facebook, of course, as well. Um, I mean, you can follow our church. The Summit Edmonton is also on Instagram. You know, we're on there as well. Uh, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty easy to find, I think for the most part. So, yeah, well, girls, we'll put, um, his Instagram handle and all that in our notes for the podcast too. Darius, thank you so, so much for being on today. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're very welcome. I'm so thankful to have been here. I encourage all you ladies continue having, um, you know, those courageous conversations continue moving in boldness. You know, you've got a lot of people that believe in you, that care about you, that are praying for you. And so I'm very excited for what the Lord's going to do in all your lives. That's good. Now, girls, um, I just want to remind you that our Waves Girls Conference in November is coming up. It is, um, the registration will be opening very soon, and <laughs> we're excited about it. We have um, one conference in two locations this year, and so we're pumped for that. Uh, but I wanted to uh, just remind you girls to follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok at Waves Girls Conference. Of course, we're on Facebook too. Um, but girls, I know we've been doing some mini series here and there um, on just practical ways of living what we're talking about here just with Darius, that engaging culture and kingdom. And so we did a series on dating and we'll be doing some future series this summer. So make sure and go like, follow, review, um, and share our podcast because that's how more people find out about how to make waves. Um, we just pray that you girls are able to start making waves in your home community and world. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com, and our social media at Waves Girls Conference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.